A Texas firebrand learns to repair helicopters and bodies in the Navy and spends the next 25 years crossing finish lines in races like Spartan Death Race and World's Toughest Mudder while energizing literally millions of athletes. Today's guest, Yancey Culp, program manager for Spartan's DECA product, shares it all on the podcast. Make sure your shoes are on tight for this one, folks. So if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to the Athlinks Podcast. I am your host, Troy Busso, coming to you from a gorgeous sunrise against the Rocky Mountains. It is November 18th, 2020, and this is episode nine. Good morning, Yancey. like the intro, man. Boom. This is my own little version of uh, Yancey's uh, Morning of Awesome. Yancey's Daily Dose of Awesome. That's it. That's it. Intro. I got to be honest. I could use uh, I could use a dose of Yancey's uh, uh, Daily Dose of Awesome, man. I am dragging ass. It is. It's eight a.m. How do you guys wake up this early? I'll be actually. I'll be brutally honest. I'm not a super early riser. I'm not that guy that fires up and has more done by five thirty in the morning than the rest of the world, as our fearless leader Joe DeSena okay. does. It's just not, you know, I, I like to stay up and work late and, uh, that's just my, that's, that's my jam. I'm with you. My wife woke up at four 30 this morning to go to the gym and, and she's like playing a podcast and she's got the, the lights on and everything else. And I'm just, uh, so I've been kind of dozing in and out since about four 30. I'm, I'm, I'm dragging a little bit, but if I can, if I can string together a couple of uh, coherent thoughts over the next hour, I think we'll be in good shape. Dude, I'll help, I'll help keep your butt fired up. Trust me. I was going to say, I'm, I'm counting on you to carry the show. So that's, that's an easy one. You are always at a, at a dull roar. So that's, um, that's good. That's a good speed to be at. True story. My wife, I, I'm always in situations when, and sometimes she'll be there when there's a microphone that may be involved. And my wife's always like, trust me, you do not need to give him that microphone. Just let <laughs> Let him project naturally. <laughs> I remember that DecaFit dinner you were at, and uh, that I, I will, I will, I will attest to that as well. I agree with your wife. You have a very good projecting voice. So on the podcast this morning, we have Yancey Culp, who is the program manager for DecaFit, which is a new race product. Um, we'll get deep into that um, from Spartan Race indoor racing with 10 obstacles, a 5K run broken up in between. Um, you are the owner and proprietor of yanceycamp.com, which is a really kick butt um, online uh, set of training and, and um, coaching that uh, Yancey will tell us a little bit more about. Um, Ex-midshipman. Uh, uh, well, I guess I guess you technically you have to, I think you have to go to the Naval Academy to be a midshipman or anyone in the yeah, Navy. Did not do that. I was just a good old basic helicopter mechanic. Cool. In the Navy. So did you grow up with like a lifetime obsession with joining the Navy and was a well thought out plan and something you projected out for years and you had the battleship posters on your on your wall and everything? Oh, we can start out with a fun true story on this one, Troy. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um I've always been the type of person that had no problem just making snap decisions. You know, I don't really plan out. It's like, I don't even know what's going to happen today, but we're going to have a good time today. That's just what I, that's what I know. That's how I live my life. And I was very blessed to have two parents grew up on 600 acres in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of cattle and, uh, middle of nowhere, North central Texas, beautiful country up there. But I had two great parents that didn't mind just saying, let, 
let Nancy do his thing. Unless I was about to do something that was off my freaking rocker crazy. They were like, thumbs up, let's go, have fun. And me and two of my buddies were, uh, one was a running buddies, a couple of high school friends. And we were, we were in downtown Denton, Texas. I can't remember exactly why. And we, we pull into this strip center and we see Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine recruiting offices. Uh-oh. And I'm not BSing you. In the car right there, we said, let's join the military. <laughs> and for no rhyme or reason other than the fact that we had probably seen a well-timed commercial, <laughs> like the Navy probably going to give us the greatest opportunity to travel. I call my mom and dad from the recruiter's office and say, we're – I'm going to join the military. And they were like, awesome, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I was, I was signing paperwork that day. And that is a no yet story. I've uh, joined and it's for the greatest years of my life. I, I absolutely look back and, and feel crazy blessed that I had the opportunity to serve my country. I was, uh, I was a helicopter mechanic on H. 53 Echoes, the largest helicopter in the U.S. military, largest, most powerful helicopter in the world, actually, Sikorsky, and uh, thought I was going to be uh, a helicopter mechanic. And then uh, I caught the fitness bug, Uh-oh. fitness coaching bug, and, uh, and and got tied up in some other things. But those four years were, were absolutely wonderful. I did get to do some fun traveling, and it was good times, man. Wow. What was, and this was all pre 9-11, right? You're about my age. So this wasn't like a, a deep sense of patriotism that drew a lot of people in on the spur of the moment, but this was early nineties. Yeah. I was in from 92 to 96. Yeah. 92 to 96. Wow. Wow. I, I've, so. I've, I've severely dated myself early oh, on. Sorry in about the- that. And- well, you, there's no lion in athletes. So everybody's age groups on there. So it's, it's easy to discern a, at least a five-year window. But you look Do great. not be on a podcast with Troy and lie about your results because <laughs> you will be caught. <laughs> Busted. Wow, that is awesome. So were your were your folks military? Were were they uh my, my grandfather definitely played a role as I shoot this podcast. I'm looking over at, at him. Uh all four my two grandfathers, my um my wife's two uh two grandfathers all served. My grandfather was a full bird colonel in the in the, in the US Marine Corps flew SBD Dauntlesses in World War II, the very first helicopter squadron in, in Korea, and F-4 Phantoms in wow. Vietnam. He probably rolled over in his grave the day I signed papers to join the Navy. Uh-oh. Um, sorry, Grandpa. I just thought I was going to do a little more traveling. <laughs> where was your favorite? Where'd you go? Where, where was your favorite spot or two? I never, I, the bummers, I never got to be a shell back. I never crossed the equator, but I spent a lot of time in Hawaii, uh, Japan off the coast mm. of, of Korea. We were mine countermeasures. So our H 53s would, uh, we always travel with, with dolphins and the EOD explosive ordnance disposal. And we were out, we were always out sweeping the waterways for mines. We would drag equipment behind the helicopters and, um, true story, uh, amazing story. I remember being a young, a young piss head out there at sea and I knew we had dolphins on the ship, but the first time I got to see us, um, we had the well deck and we would flood it with water and, and these dolphins would go out and work all day long. And, and then about in the afternoon, evening, we would fill that well deck back up with water and these dolphins would come swimming back into the well deck and we would house them in the well deck and, and getting to swim with those dolphins 
a couple times. That was uh, that. So any any old sailors out there that have ever been on an LPD or LPH, um, the LPH uh, LPD. Gosh dang it, I'm brain farting. It's been a long time. <laughs> LPD, Juno flat bottom ship with a big well deck. Uh, we would flood it and, and and be able to swim with the with the uh, our mine countermeasure dolphins. No kidding. So you mean literal dolphins? Dolphins. Oh yeah, man. They, they trained them at, at Point Loma in San Diego to to work and uh, to, to to seek out mines and and do all kinds of, of identification with mines, and then we would come back come back behind and uh, wow. and 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 cut cut cables and all kinds of uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Those but, smart uh, yeah, bastards. Great, uh, one of my jobs was keeping helping keep the helicopters uh, up and running in cool. the air. So is that where you started? Um, so I know you were like a high school athlete, pretty decorated um, um, track and field uh, athlete, football player. Um, did you, on the coaching side, is it, was it, was, did that happen in the Navy? Or were you just sort of part of the fitness regimen in the Navy, Navy is when you got kind of into it as a, as a profession? Very competitive middle school, high school. Uh, I was the kid that, Stomped on the University of Texas, University of North Texas, upset that I had a track scholarship and I wasn't playing football. Um, I'm <laughs> five down one five right now. That's what I've been for a long time. But I probably graduated high school about 145 pounds. Not the typical, not even the typical size for your DBR receiver. Was <laughs> sure. in high school, but I was I was I was a gifted middle middle distance runner. I took third place at state track and field meet my senior year and uh, wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I never really focused on, on running, but I was just genetically good at it. Uh, never had crazy speed. I, you know, I was, it's funny. I always, my, my buddies and I always laugh about how in the hell did, so I would, I would run the mile and then five minutes later, you know, I'm, I'm anchoring the damn mile relay, which is the most painful thing a human could ever do. I look back on those days and I, I miss that now, but I had decent speed, but middle endurance mile was the 1500, 1600 meters is probably my best. Uh, event in high school we still run the 16 so yeah i still love running uh t- today well but, did uh, I, I my, my 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 bug for coaching did happen in the military and you know i was uh i had zero qualifications for training anybody or coaching anybody but i came in in good shape and i would i would score perfect on my my pt test my, mm. my physical readiness test every 6 months that we all at all four branches do i'm sure the coast guard does it also you know running push-ups and sit-ups not the greatest well-rounded test sure we'll talk about more of that it's actually tweaking a little bit for the army they've got a better test now with the acft but anyway they were like yancy's in good shape uh he's scoring perfect on his test let's make him the uh, the guy that helps what we called back then the fat bodies, mm-hmm. a little politically incorrect, but that's what we called it. And I would help them get ready for the test. And I, you know, I just fell in love with the fact that, okay, I was helping push these athletes, become a little better version of themselves. They're now passing their test. They're no, they're no longer on the short list to get kicked out. Mm. So, so you did anyway, that, that's what I really fell in love with coaching, buddy. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you say fat bodies. That's exactly what my football coach, and again, we're around the same age. That's that's what the linemen were called, was the fat bodies. They weren't called the linemen. They were called the fat bodies. It's a whole other topic, but <laughs> I really feel that maybe in some cases we need to be a little more direct. I always like to say if you throw the word gracious in front of it, you can even say, hey, you need to get your shit together. 
get off your ass, get your shit together. As long as I say that graciously mm-hmm. in, in a motivational way, I think sometimes we need to be a little more like that. Um, we, we've kind of gotten away. We, we just kind of little, little, little too much of the pacification, if you ask me. But um, I like I like being graciously direct, man. Yeah. With, with clients. Let's go. Let's go. Well, that's your job. That's what they're paying you for. So you mentioned yeah. your mile. I just saw on your athletes profile, actually. Uh, did you run a 436 mile in 06 and a 444, I think, in like 09? Yeah. I, so you're still... Right around, the age, right around the age of 40, I was um, I was still dropping 440s. At Congress Avenue Mall, I ran yeah. four or five times. Yep. And great race. We, we haven't had it lately. Uh, Paul Carosa, who owned Rentex here in Austin, would put those on, and man, it would always bring in a bunch of. Uh, those were some painful miles because I, it, you know, like two weeks out, like I need to sign up for this, and you go out and do a couple speed sessions, and then gut check a fast mile. Um, but but yeah, we we haven't had those uh, in a while. I mean, now my goal is to run sub five at fifty. Okay. 48 now, so that's that that's one of my that's one of my goals. In, in I can't wait years. to see it on your profile. <laughs> you got to come up here it. for the Pearl Street Mile. Can you do it at altitude? I, I, I've never done Pearl Street, but I would love to love to do that. All right, all right, man, that is um, not bad. What's what's a mid May afternoon, or I don't know if it's a morning or evening race, but in Austin, Texas, mid May, it's not chilly. It could be mid May. Yeah, it could be. Um, it could be ninety. Yeah, ninety with about seventy percent humidity. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We finish uh-huh. on the Congress Avenue Bridge, and you're ready to jump off the uh, off the edge into the uh, <laughs> Lady Bird Lake. Yeah, well, you got a good lather going, as they say. I'm sure by then. Mm-hmm. So you and I met back in January in a uh, in a condemned Kmart, if I recall, um, yeah. setting up the DecaFit um, basically prototype course uh, in Denver, downtown Denver. Um, mm-hmm. We were weeks away. From, from a dream of yours that started with a dinner with Joe DeSena mm-hmm. and uh, sort of ended a little prematurely, I, although I know you guys are still, you know, you're still kicking it around some of the gyms and things and keeping the idea alive for, for better days and, and growing it in that regard. But um, um, talk us through, um, you know what, let's, let's actually go a little bit farther back. So you you and I have a mutual friend and actually he's been mentioned at least one other times in this short life of this podcast, Joe DeSena, founder of, um, Spartan race. How long, how, how did you meet Joe? How did you hook up with Spartan? Spartan, by the way, it's like it, it, to me, it reminds me of like a traveling circus where they just keep picking up people along the way, you know, like these vagabonds on the side of the road. And I'm one of them. I've been working with Spartan Race for, you know, well over a decade, but it's so funny to hear everybody's stories about like, hey, how'd you start working for Spartan? And it's always some story about like, uh, I I grabbed an obstacle and carried it four miles to the, to the loading truck and they gave me a job or something crazy. So how how did you meet Joe and how did you get involved? Well, my first touch with Spartan was 2011 here in, in Austin, Texas at the Spartan race. They were very young at that point. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that uh, always kept myself in pretty good shape. And I was like, hey, this, you know, these 5Ks are, can be a little boring, local 5K. And I said, here's this obstacle course race thing. And so I walked up to the starting line, nail biting, nervous, just like everybody, their first one, and freaking fell in love with it. I mm-hmm. said, will I ever go back to the boring local 
5K, 10K road race. No harm, no foul against that, but this was just freaking amazing. Mm. And uh, I dove in head first, kind of did everything backwards. Uh, did a, um, My second race was the 2012 Spartan Ultra Beast in Killington. Wow crazy and and that year i saw some death racers to finish the death race in 2020 you uh, 2012 you actually had to do the ultra beast so i saw these people out there wearing these bibs and carrying buckets and axes and crazy shit I'm like what is going on and i learned that that was a death race so i signed up for the next the 2013 death race so which ended up being a 72 hour magical experience of completely turn yourself inside out 15 different times in that race but about 20, 30 hours in, I found myself on the side of Joe's mountain in the middle of death race. And we're talking, we all of a sudden we're talking business. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm 20, 30 hours and I'm already wrecked. And we find ourselves talking about this and that and collaborating about business. And, and, and after, after the 72 hours of madness, we just kept in close contact. And, and ever since 2013, we've been communicating back and forth, phone call, text message, and just, we pitch ideas off of each other. And, and everything. And I was always getting involved with various projects and Joe would ask me to do this or that, or I'd fly out to the, you'd do podcasts or uh, the Spartan edge video shoots and all kinds of fun stuff over the years. And uh, so, yeah, Joe and I, I've never really worked per se on the payroll until I was sitting at Joe's, Joe's house in, in, in Pittsfield and we were shooting a bunch of podcasts and Joe and I started talking about, you know, we've we've gotten 7 million people off the couch with Spartan, the mud, the barbed wire, the mountains. And I said, Joe, you know, 95 plus percent of the world approximately, we're never going to get to the mud and the barbed wire. And 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 we got I got some ideas about how we can kind of invade the gym world mm. and reach those people that we might that might be a little too nerve. It might, the mother barbar might be a little too nerve wracking for them. And yeah. we start talking about ideas in his house there. And, and so Decca was kind of born that night. And we, uh, I see, he's like, you got anybody that's, who can help us manage this? And I said, I know a guy. Mm. He's down in Florida right now. Mm. And I said, we you know we work together uh, coaching. We were coaches together for the U.S. Army Ball Strong Competition. I was 2017 and 18 and I met Jared in 2018 when he was a fellow coach of me. And I said, this guy knows the fitness industry, the gym world better than I do. He, he's managed $17 million facilities, revenue generating facilities. And we, so we called Jared next day. He's on a plane flying to Boston. Joe and I drive down and, and Spartan Deca, which is the official name now, the Spartan logo Deca yep. was officially born. And then, as you said, we spent three months in Denver preparing for that March 21st event. COVID ripped the rug out from under us. We called Joe and said, listen, we're going to make an aggressive pivot. We're going to move forward with our Spartan Deca gym affiliate program faster than we initially planned. We've done that during COVID. We've now had about 40 races, official Spartan races inside gyms all across the country. Mm. We have Deca Strong and Deca Mile. You mentioned the 5K version where each zone is preceded by 500 meters. The Deca Strong is all 10 zones, no running. Deca Mile is all 10 zones with 160 meters preceding each zone. And then when you finish, you've ran a mile and conquered those 10 zones. And we've had thousands of people tested and, and man, I could dive into this one for, for a long time, but it's been an amazing program 
that's a you know we have we have several hundred affiliate gyms now across the country and a few overseas and what it's allowed troy is gym owners and fitness uh fit pros to train and test with purpose their members are, are now earning this mark we call it the deca mark inside the deca strong arena which is the, the standard test testing program with deca and then they they get back to the you know, they get their butt back to the gym and they, they continue training. They become a little better version of themselves and that mark Im improves. And here's the thing, you know, from the athletes world, there's so many tests out there from Murph to the marathon yep. and all the triathlons and the 15 Ks and all this stuff that really and truly millions of people have done. But what research shows is 85% of the people walking the planet have actually never towed a start line. They've gone through middle school, high school, and they've never towed a start line. Yeah. What we provide is that low barrier of entry, non-risky, non-scary version inside their second home, yeah. their gym, to test and earn that mark and then continue training and continue to improve that mark. Well, the, the thing that surprised me when I went out there and, and first heard about it, and, and um, I don't know if it was you or Joe who was who was pitching me on the idea and what, what the idea was behind it, you know, I'm sort of, my initial reaction is like, okay, you know, like grueling, this thing's going to kick people's asses in the, and it was the exact opposite. It was, yeah, if you wanted it to be grueling, that was certainly there for you um, because it's timed. And if you want to go under 20 minutes or whatever it is, you're going to kick your own ass. Uh, but it was really like, there are no DNFs. Like the, unless you're, unless you die or, you know, seriously injure yourself somehow, it's like, Hey, take a knee, recover, do the next exercise, do the next exercise. And it's just, I loved that aspect of, of truly like, um, I mean, it, it was, it's a very difficult event. I didn't get a chance to compete in one, but what I did was I took the workout that I saw that day in the prototype in that burned out Kmart and I took it to the gym and I've been doing them about every other week on a Saturday afternoon. I'll just go, you know, I'll do a point three, one mile run on one of those curved self-powered treadmills, and then I'll jump off and then I'll do one of the 10 extra real quick. What are, let's go through them slowly. I know we have a blog post on athletes. You can certainly go to, um, what's the website? Yep. Is it uh, uh, Deca Deca dot fit Deca dot fit. And that's D E K A D E K A dot F I T to sign up for races, see our upcoming gym events and learn more about Deca. But you nailed it before we jump into the 10 zones, you nailed it, Troy. And the fact that we designed, you know, I was a, I've been a fitness coach for 25 years and Jared 30 years. So we took, you know, 55 years of experience coaching all levels of fitness. I mean, the ones that are, can barely walk and breathe, Yeah. but, but, but they can walk and breathe. So we wanted those 10 zones to be, we wanted 99% of people. If you and I own a gym, we pull a thousand people in. We wanted 99 plus percent of them to be able to do it day one. Sight unseen, they walk in, it's like, oh, what is this test? Hey, welcome to welcome to the membership here. Yep. We're going to get you tested week one, and you're going to earn the mark. And we wanted – and right now, we've tested thousands, and we've had a 99.2% completion percentage. And they're very, they're based on rudimentary movement standards. Think two to 3,000 years ago when it wasn't called fitness or exercise. It was survival, building rudimentary shelters, gathering food, Pushing things, pulling things, lifting things, carrying things, climbing over things, jumping over things, very lifting things off the ground, kneeling down, very, very basic stuff. So you want to dive into the 10 zones here real quick? Uh, well, let's stay on that for a second, because one of the brilliance, uh, one of the most brilliant parts of it is in a Spartan race, if you're a slow guy or gal, 
you're getting past. You're watching the field pull farther and farther away, and you have to go from point A to point Z, right, to finish. That's very daunting for somebody who's trying to go couch to Spartan kind of thing. The cool thing with DECA is because it's all done in a closed arena, essentially, what would normally be about a football field, roughly, right? That's that's basically how how you guys designed it was, you know, uh, the 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 exercise and apparatus are in the middle of a football field and then you're running around the the 500 yards on the outside. The the great part of that for somebody who's new to fitness is you're not getting left behind. You've always got another athlete coming into the station where you are. You might be going slow, but it doesn't feel like you're losing distance, you know what I mean? It's not like you can see people on the horizon running over the hill out of your view. So, I yeah. you know, Anyway, I, I thought that was a really cool aspect in terms of keeping everybody engaged at the same level the whole time, irrespective of their own abilities. Exactly. And and we've had athletes with, with our with our lowest version, DECA Strong, which is just the zones with no running, athletes anywhere from 12 minutes to 55 minutes. And you nailed it when you said, hey, if you need to actually go sit down for a few minutes and rest, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. When you're ready come back in the arena and continue where you left off. If you have to walk the entire distance or deck a mile or deck a fit, which is a mile or 5,000 meters. And we went with those two because those are the two most popular running distances the world's ever known. Oh, the mile and the 5k. Everybody's heard of those across the world. Pretty much everybody's heard of those, but that's right. It is for, it's for everybody. Matt, Matt down at Trinity Fitness Southside in Jacksonville, Florida, his very first deck strong test. He was 55 minutes. Mm. Now Matt is uh, is faster, and uh, but he earned that mark his his very his very first time. And really and true, those are the marks that Jared and I get in the Spartan get most excited about. Yeah. Those are the ones that bring the tears when they finish that twentieth burpee in Deca Zone Ten, <laughs> and they feel so accomplished. And that was their very first time to actually tow um, a start line because gyms all over the country are putting on official Spartan Deca races inside their brick and mortar facilities, and it's. It's, it's, it's allowing that to happen for people that, that just may have never thought about that. Oh, this is what the butterfly feeling is all about that you and I know so well. Yeah. Not everybody knows that that's a beautiful, healthy addiction. And that's one of the reasons you keep coming back. Cause when you're mid race, we've all been there that love to compete. You're questioning your sanity is like, this hurts so freaking bad, but it <laughs> happens every single time, you know, Troy, it's five minutes later or the next day when you wake up, it's like, I'm ready for another one. It always happens. It's it it comes up. I think on every single uh, show so far in the podcast, it, we call it the reignition moment, and it's exactly what you're talking about. You are you are cursing yourself, and the idea the day you ever signed up for this stupid race or started getting this idea of doing this stupid thing, and then the second you cross that finish line, you're just like, "What? When's my next event? I can't wait to get back in." It's uh, exactly right, man. Well, we we're providing that for people that have never experienced it before. Yeah. And that's what gets so freaking geeked up, man. Fucking <laughs> Yancey. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's go through the 10 exercises. Um, just anybody, again, you can go to the website, but um, uh, Yancey can walk us through what the 10 apparatus are. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll provide a little bit of the Perfect. wine. No, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Decker zone one is alternating reverse lunge times 30 reps. Men are have a 55-pound burden weight, and women have a 33-pound. We use the Spartan Ram, 
and and you simply kneel down that back leg drops the knee touches the ground and then you stand back up with that weight it's it, i kind of look at I, I i built this rudimentary around rudimentary fitness zone around you know we've always knelt down mm-hmm. we've always mm-hmm. knelt down and and that when we kneel down that knee comes back and sometimes we'll pick up something from the ground or in this case we're just we just had that burden of, of, of the weight on our shoulders. So it's a very basic movement that we've been doing for, for many, many years. A Deca zone two is 500 meter row. I love this because it's one of the most old school forms of, of transportation. We've been rowing for thousands of years and, it, and you know, it incorporates the legs, the upper body, the core. Uh, Deca zone three is, is uh, 20 box jump over or step up over. So you 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 step up the feet both feet has to touch have to touch the top of the box whether you're stepping or, or jumping and then both feet have to touch the ground on the other side as you jump down or step down and that's simply around you have an obstacle in front of you you know yep. if you're out in the wild two or three thousand years ago you just had to get over things mm-hmm. and and people ask me sometimes there, there was a lot of I beat this around for two months ask my wife I, she'd catch me at two in the morning I got the dry erase board messing with different <laughs> things. People say, Yancey, why didn't you make the women's box lower? I said, here's the thing. You know, if I if my wife and I are out somewhere in the woods and I can choose, I can choose the bigger rock okay. and let her take the lighter rock. But you know what? Sometimes in life, we all have to get over the same obstacle. So it wasn't about me creating the perfect graduation down for mm. the females. I love the fact that rowing and other zones like the box, they're the exact same. And yeah. in many cases, females can outdo us. It gives that girl a chance to say, you know what? That's don't you don't need to graduate that box down for me. I got it. And we we allow everybody to step up over if they need to, because that, you know, we've had 70-year-olds earn their deca strong mark, deca mom mark. And and you know, if you need to step up over the damn thing, brace yourself with your hands, you can do that. Now the cyborgs come in and they jump back and forth plyometrically super fast. Of course they do. Sure. They're not gonna take the time. And, and get over it, but that's uh, that's Deca Zone Three. Deca Zone Four is is one of the most old school exercises you could ever think of. It's sit ups, but in this case, we make you do them with a twenty pound med ball for the men, fourteen pound with the women. So you lay back, the med ball must touch the ground behind your head, and then you have your feet on the floor in front of you, and you sit up and you touch that ball on the ground between your feet. Mm. It's the simplest, most basic exercise. But we hit the core okay. early on, yep. and, and we find a lot of people, especially in Deca Mile and Deca, Deca Fit, where we have the running. When you hit that core early on, it, it compromises that running as a whole. So now we've hit the legs really hard, the heart rate's up. We just hammered your core, and we're only through uh, four zones. Deca Zone Five is the skier. I like the skier because we're reaching up high and we're pulling. Yeah, and um, and. Depending on your, your your technique, you know it's it's a good full body full body exercise. And I tried to pick all the zones. I picked things that people have people are seeing this stuff. It's not like whoa, I've never right. seen that before. Things like rowing are now very popular in in a lot of gyms. Deca zone six. So I, I like five where it is, and I did it on purpose. So your grip and your pull, your yeah. arms are pretty fatigued. That kicks your butt, by the way. It kicks your butt. And now you're going to farmer's carry, mm-hmm. probably the most old school rudimentary movements where you have to pick something up off the ground and just carry it Yep. Um, using your full body. And it's a hundred meters 
of, of farmers carry men, 60 pound in each hand, women, uh, 40 pounds in the gym. It's 10 meters down and back five times. Okay. Deck a strong, a deck a mile. And in the, in, in the deck of fit, we'll normally do like a snaking 100 meters yeah. of, of, of carry. If you need to set that weight down five, six, seven times, that's no harm, no foul. Shake out when you can't pick it back up and continue going. It's, it's, it's an event. I've never seen somebody fail. They yeah. eventually get it done. I threw that in with, uh, I was working out with my son. He's 17. I threw that one in and he's like, this is the stupidest thing. Like, why are we doing this one? <laughs> and so and then about halfway through, he's just like, oh my God, that thing just killed me. So he loves it now. He loved the sort of the bilateral core workout he was getting things that you don't normally do. Cause you're sort of asymmetrical, you know, you're carrying it in one hand and you switch to the other hand gives you a yep. lot of, yeah, kicks your butt. Even the turning, you know, the, the 10 mm -hmm. meters down and back, and all the turns you have to do, mm. really and truly, you're, you're going to, your people are sore from fingernail to toenail when they're done. And uh, probably the greatest compliment we've ever seen is Jerry and I have had Chris Henshaw, one of the most well-respected CrossFit coaches on the planet. We've had him on numerous times on our podcast and just a lot of interviews. He's like, guys, you guys put this together so well. And it goes kind of goes back to our 55 years of just general coaching mm -hmm. and, and building workouts. You know, you just kind of learn how to – we truly wanted – and you said it five, ten minutes ago when you said, we didn't build this for the cyborgs. We built this yeah. for the masses. Yeah. And guess what, cyborgs? If you want to come in and join us, your ass is going to be turned inside out. Yeah, it will. Uh, zone 7, again, a, a form of rudimentary transportation. You're on the bike. In this case, the air bike. I argue that the air bike – and I've actually argued this before. If you could have one piece of fitness equipment, the air bike might be the most well-rounded piece. And here's why you're pushing and pulling. So chest tries back and buys. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a great upper body workout. We've got some trunk rotation, but in, and of course the legs are working and the cardiorespiratory system is getting its ass kicked. So really and truly virtually every joint in the body and all the major muscle groups are being worked. There's almost no other exercise. The weighted burpee is a great one, but there's almost no other exercise, especially cardio piece of equipment that I would say is better than for, to work the cardiorespiratory system while also working all the major muscle groups for strength training. So I freaking love the air yeah. bike and we've been cycling forever. So 25 cows on what we call Decazone Unlucky 7. So here's the method to the madness, Troy. One through six kind of trick your brain. Like That wasn't so bad. <laughs> And when you finish six, we call you've entered, you've opened the deck of gateway. Some say the gateway to hell because <laughs> seven, eight, nine, and 10 knock the living crap out of you. There is right. no after that. Those 25 cows in the air bike beat you down hard. And, and then you have uh, 20 dead ball shoulder overs in deck of zone eight, men 60, women 40. Okay. And uh, the only difference here is we, it's dead ball wall over in deck of fit. We took the wall out because we didn't want gyms to have to have, we made two modifications on uh, six and, uh, and four. Uh, um, uh, zone four. Yeah. It's not, it's not med yeah. ball set up throw. It's med ball set up. And then you don't have the wall for eight. So dead ball shoulder over lip again, very rudimentary, pick the weight off the ground, stand up tall, get it to roll over your shoulder, continue repeating for 20 reps. Decazone nine. Tank push pull, pushing things and pulling things again. It's so basic and rudimentary. We went, we, went, we, went, we went with the torque tank because what that allowed us to do is test people 
on all types of floors and all different gym environments and, and create symmetry and create a testing environment where, you know, with traditional sleds, if you're on pavement, turf, rubber floor, it's the friction points are different. Yeah. So the tank, it's kind of an expensive unit, but once you have it, you realize the magic in the tank. It allows us to create very symmetrical testing. So you do a hundred meters of push pull. You're going to push 10 meters down. You're going to pull 10 meters back. You repeat that five times for hundred meters. And last but not least, in great Spartan fashion, we have the Spartan Ram weighted burpees for 20 reps, men 44, women 22. I've got Joe convinced, you know, he's forever. It's been the burpees, the greatest exercise. I was like, Joe, you don't get the, the back and biceps and the overhead press with the shoulders with, with, when you start pulling the weight off the ground, yeah. lifting it and transferring it to a press. Now it becomes a full body strength training exercise. So we just took and made it a little better with the Spartan Ram weighted burpees. When you finish that 20th burpee, you have you have earned your, your deca mark, my friend. That's all you needed was Joe to have a, a tougher burpee to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thanks for walking us through that. That's um, I'm telling you, like you it, you can do it. And I've had to modify a couple things um, uh, depending on like the I go to two different lifetimes and one of them has the tank and has the pretty much everything that you described there. Um, it even has the, the, the sort of diamond plated wall that you can throw the ball against for the sit-ups. Um, and then the other one that I go to doesn't have some of those things. So it's like I do instead of the ball, the, the, the shoulder over, I do like a, a little bit heavier. So I'll do like a 70 pound dumbbell and just kind of hoist it to my shoulder and put it down, yeah. you know, each, each side. And then again, I jump on the treadmill. Um, so even if you can't find a gym right now that, that actually has the officials, um, I recommend this work. Like it gave me new strength. You know, I've always stayed pretty fit, but I was surprised. You mentioned the, um, the, uh, the, the lunges before, and that's the first thing. If you notice somebody like over 50, when they bend over to pick something up, and they're just so wobbly and, you know, they're sort of like, they're like getting momentum of their body to stand back up. And that's something mm -hmm. I, I just, I've always looked at that saying, I never want to be that person. And so it's when, it, you know, so when you get that natural motion and that core strength and the hip strength and all of these things that you don't, you just don't strengthen by sitting down on a bench or by running 20 miles, frankly. Um, so there's a lot of really good stuff in there and your body will start to transform pretty quickly when you're doing these things. I call it being able to say yes uh, later in life because you decided to take care and respect the beautiful machine getting through life. And you wake up when you're 50, 60, or 70, and you are still able to say yes to the vacation with your kids and eventually your grandkids and all that. You're still able to serve your family with utilizing your body. You haven't let it go to crap. And you, you've taken care of it. And, and that's another reason why my DECA is very, very important. I, I get really excited when I see high-level CrossFitters and other athletes like, this isn't really for me. It's mm. Everything's too light. And I said, well, you know what? The 800 meters is also a real short distance. And guess what? <laughs> Everybody walking the planet can walk or jog or run 800 meters. But guess what? When you run it all out, you are freaking destroyed. And if it's not for you, you think it's too light? Go in there and go zone five anaerobic redline pace. And you tell me it's not for you anymore because I'm going to watch you in what we call the deck of done zone as you're over there feeling sorry for yourself for 15 minutes. We had Sam Briggs do it and Christy Ermo O'Connell and high level CrossFitters like Corinna Coffin, uh, Hunter McIntyre, Ryan Atkins. They all did it. Ryan Kent. And you saw them just 
it's such a beautiful visual when you see them wrecked yeah. after doing deck of strong or deck of mile or deck of fit when, yeah, there's nothing so crazy heavy that's going to, you know, that you need to be Matt Fraser strong, but guess what? When Matt Fraser steps in the arena and goes hundred percent, it's going to kick his butt too. Our Tia Claire Toomey or any of them have so much respect for, for CrossFit, but really and truly and no harm, no foul for them. I think high level athletes are always looking for things that are for them. Mm-hmm. Again, this is where we don't, we don't beat around the bush. We say, we didn't create this for you. We created it for the masses. Mm-hmm. We wanted everybody walking the planet to be able to do this just about. And by the way, if you want to join us, you can, because we really wanted to change the game. Joe is radically passionate about getting them touching the lives of 100 million people. And he told Jared now the other day, he's like, you know, I'm falling in love with this DECA thing. He's like, at the end of the day, we may end up getting 70 million because of DECA and 30 million because of the Spartan race. Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. I love your outlook on fitness in terms of it being like, it's sort of income while you're young and uh, it's like a retirement account when you're older. I think that's a really healthy way of looking at fitness of, of, uh, you know, the more you make today is great. Obviously you want to be fitter, you want to be faster and all of those things, but, but, um, you know, that healthy lifestyle and keeping it going, thinking about it in terms of what you just said, um, being able to say yes later in life to those experiences. Yeah, it's very, very important. And I, I, a lot of people set themselves up for failure and people like Nancy, what's been your, your, your key to success as a fitness coach? to professional obstacle course racing athletes, middle school, high school, college uh, athletes, or just the general masses. Here's a key thing that I think more fitness coaches need to focus on um, and athletic coaches need to focus on, Troy, is first thing I ask my clients is, are are you enjoying the process? Are, you know, they're like, well, I've started this new diet or, man, I'm on this new routine. I'm working out seven days a week. And I'm like, there's a 99.9% chance it's going to, you're going to fail. You're going to wake up a few weeks from now, a few months, and you're like, that didn't work out for me. And I tell everybody, and this, other than maybe somebody training for the Olympics, but even them, they can somewhat pay attention to this. How you're, how you're living your life as far as your nutrition and your fitness, when you look at it as a whole, like, can I, can I maintain this for the rest of my life? And if the answer is no, then you need to adjust and adjust really quick. So, you know, like my online OCR training program, I, I give people three workouts a week. You know, my, my Yancey's daily dose of awesome. I give you 10 to 15 minute workouts. Yeah. I always, I try to set everybody up from my, my Ryan Kent's and my Alex Walker's to runners that I coach to just the general masses that I love to coach the most. I put them in a situation when they put their head on the pillow Sunday night the majority of the time, are they going to be able to say, that's my program, and I was successful this week. I was able to work that into my lifestyle. And if you I'm telling you, man, nobody wants to put their head on the pillow Sunday night and say, well, I missed two workouts, or my, my, my nutrition fell off the map. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you're trying to eat perfect and train six, seven days a week, every single week, and sometimes twice a day, you're going to fall off the, the you're going to fall off that freaking mountain that you're trying to get on top of. Are, are you, I should say, you're never going to get to the top of that mountain and you're going to eventually say, well, I got to make a radical adjustment and you end up going completely off the radar and, and letting your fitness and nutrition totally go. My wife likes to say she's the dietitian uh, 
University of Texas athletic department. She mm-hmm. takes care of hundreds of athletes there. She's the assistant AD there and she takes care of all the sports. And, and she likes to, to put it this way is we kind of call it the 90, 10 philosophy and 90, 10 for nutrition and fitness can be the same. If you're trying to get your nutrition perfect, yeah. you're going to fail a hundred percent of the times. If you're trying to be perfect with your fitness, you're going to fail. And, and, you know, it's kind of like don't nutrition doesn't need to be a party. You know, we, we, we don't need to be eating the cupcakes and drinking the beer and the wine all the time. But every t- now and then when we enjoy the piece of pizza, the cupcake, or we go to a party and have a beer, don't freaking beat yourself up over it. Enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. And then get back to the routine tomorrow. Um, same thing with fitness. If you go a couple of days without training, don't beat yourself up over it. Just get back on the, the routine the next day. And that's something that we can stick with for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And we wake up when we're 70, like, guess what, man? Yeah. I got a nice body of work here. I'll tell you at 48, I feel just, I'm slightly slower and not quite as strong, but in many ways, I'm a better version of myself fitness than at 48 than I was 28. Mm. And that's just consistency. Yeah. Do you, are you a, um, I mean, I watch your, um, uh, the morning workouts and things like that. You don't ever get too crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't sense that you're, uh, you know, lift as heavy as you possibly can to failure and, you know, and just destroy yourself. You seem the workouts you're showing us. Now, I don't know if you have a different workout that you do in private or whatever, but your workouts seem very accessible. Am I wrong about that? Or am I seeing the whole picture? Well, I created Yancey's daily dose of awesome for, I, I call it, I wanted to give you something to where, where it's not debatable. You cannot debate with me. You do have time for this program. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to kick the excuses off the side of the mountain. And they're 10 to 15 minute workouts where I work in mental conditioning every time. And, and I don't care if you can walk and breathe, you can do these. And don't tell me you don't have 10 to 15 minutes. Now I will say my, my, the professional obstacle course racing athletes I coach, those workouts, those three tough workouts a week, they're about 90 minutes, give yep. or take. And they're tough. Yeah. Now, every one of them can be scaled down. And I do have an entry-level program where I scale it down for you. I mean, if you're looking to podium at Spartan races, you you got to do a little more than 10 oh, to 15-minute yeah. workouts. So I have something for, you know, for, for everyone. But, um, yeah, it doesn't uh, – I, I will say something I will add is I, I – a rule for myself is I feel once a week, you need to run fast. That's my rule for myself. I'm going to get a, where I run fast because yeah. I don't want to lose my ability to, I don't, at 50s and 60s, I don't want to be slowing down. I, I do at least a couple times a week, I do things where I have, I'm getting on the ground. I'm crawling, I'm rolling, I'm getting on the ground and getting back up a lot. Um, and then I lift heavy at least once a week. That doesn't mean I'm trying to max out my squat or max out a freaking snatch or something, but I, I lift heavy yeah. where the joints and the muscles are, are under a serious burden. Yeah. It's a it's lifting, but just basic lifts uh, heavy. So, and I'm telling you, I've maintained my, it's a basic routine that I've done for a long time. I can still go out and run probably a, a 56, 57, 400 meters. That's important to me. Yeah. I create these little holes at 48 to be able to go out and run a 57 second, 400 meters. I love that, man. Yeah. Um, I love that I can still run a fast mile. I can run a fast mile at 48 because I still have good speed endurance. I can take go outside and take a 100-pound dead ball and put it over my head for 20 reps and lift it off the ground and get it over my head for 20 reps. I, I can do that because I still work that in somewhat. Yeah. You know, I was a power lifter back in, in high school and, and, and did some of that, competed in the Navy. And 
if I stop uh, running fast every now and then and lifting heavy and getting down the ground and uh, things go to hell real fast at, mm. at, at my age, I don't know how old you are, but at 48, um, I can do that because I still incorporate it in my life. So yeah. I do use philosophies in my, um, in my training. Yeah, we are going to naturally slow down. But the worst thing is I give people a lot of grief when I hear people say, well, back in the day, mm. I, back in high school, I could do this. And I'm yeah. like, I'm waving the ES flag to that. <laughs> back in the day can be right now, dude. Let's yeah. go. Last yeah. night I raced, I raced my, the baseball team that I helped coach. I raced those kids around the, uh, the diamond I mean, around the, the outfield. And, um, I don't, I don't want to not be able to do that anymore. Yeah. So technically I'm getting older. Hell no to that man. Wave the bullshit flag to that guys. Stop talking about what you used to could do. Let's start taking advantage of the time right now. Maximum as an opportunity so we can continue to do that right freaking now. Yeah. I hear you 100%. Uh, the um the the excuses of uh, and i think that was you know old school i remember you know being a kid and seeing like you know my my uh my parents friends all sitting around and you know one out of 10 would be what we would consider fit right i mean there was just a certain thing that happened in your 40s and 50s and 60s old people looked old then where they don't so much today i mean a grandma today doesn't look like a grandma did a generation ago which is a good thing um, but the fitness side of things is I don't, I don't see that translating over as much. And, and I'm with you. It's like you go to a barbecue or whatever and you get, you get that glory day or who's talking about, you know, he's 300 pounds now and, and talking about what he used to do. And it's like, man, you, you got to still be able to do that. You can do this. You can lose that weight. You can, you can fix your lifestyle to get back to, you know, yeah, maybe not running a four minute mile anymore, but being able to run a mile, being able to do a deck of challenge, doing, being able to do a Spartan race or any of these types of things. And to give that up, like, I mean, going back to your financial analogy, it's not like you would just squander your money and piss it away and not save for retirement, but people do that every single day with their fitness. Here's what's happened. Great points. The book ends. And again, we didn't call it fitness and athleticism way back in the day, but the book ends of health and wellness was they're about this far apart. They say these were the cyborgs. These were the ones that were way out of shape. That's gotten so much wider because of movements like CrossFit and Spartan and to the triathlon world. And we look at these massive fitness movements, running triathlon, a CrossFit and, and OCR. And now DECA, you know, these, these are these are some of the largest fitness movements the world's ever seen. Yeah. I can't technically throw deck in there yet, but I can kind of, because it's a part of Spartan. These movements influence multiple millions of lives, not debatable. They are arguably the largest fitness movements the world's ever seen. So you've got a lot of people really, really fit right now with that book in over here. I'm telling you 5,200 years ago, you did not see massive obesity. No. You did not see tons of people that lived on Netflix and processed foods and just over ate and just, you know, the slow, the slow trip to the uh, disease. We just didn't see that because, mm -hmm. you know, so, and then here's the deal. We, we don't have a lot more people live in urban environments, suburbia. There's not as much natural work to be done to keep yourself alive. Like it was, I mean, I grew up on a ranch. I worked my butt off to help the family earn money, 
taking care of the, the farm and, and the cattle and the horses and all the stuff. I mean, it was great. I mean, I, I laugh. I watched my Jack Russell in the background. That's how I was as a kid working. <laughs> I went nonstop until it was time to go to bed. There's simply just not quite as much of that. So that's why we love DECA and we're passionate about DECA because we're providing that opportunity for people with just basic movement. So, so yeah, the bookends are really wide. I love the fact that we've got these cyborgs over here that are going to their gyms to train for Spartan races or their, the CrossFit, or they, they've got the race on the calendar, the Spartan paradox that Joe DeSena calls. That's so crazy important. And what, with DECA, what we're doing is another opportunity to put the race on the calendar that, that's not scary to you. But, man, we've got to work. I am so good fit pros like myself. We are – we are crazy passionate every day of my life. There's never a day goes by where I don't get mad at myself. It's like, wait a second. Why haven't I come up with the perfect thing to say or do to create the light bulb moment for people to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm yeah. sick and tired of not taking care of myself. And so I'm, that's why I'm constantly trying to reinvent how I do things, make things super easy for people to get moving and just start yeah. taking ownership. I call it, you're disrespecting your beautiful machine. And because it, it is still beautiful right now, even though you've let it go, it still takes care of you. Sure. But you're disrespecting it. And you need to take ownership of being very selfish with a little bit of your time every single day. I almost wish this podcast, you could see me looking at you right now. <laughs> I hope you can hear it in my voice. I'm going to tell you again, you are disrespecting yourself if you're listening to this and you don't take care of yourself. And you need to be more selfish with your time. You need to take some time every day and say, this is my time. And on the flip side, what you're able to do is be a, a great form of service to others out there because of that selfishness. And then the rest of the hours of the day, you're going to be able to take better care of all those loved ones in your life and serve them. So that's, man, that's the, that's the big pretty bow that I want to put on my message here. Who's got, uh, who's got more energy, you or your, uh, or your Jack Russell? That's a battle, dude. <laughs> I will say when she's done, she passes out earlier than me, but uh, I've, I've never done it, but I want to put my, um, I, I want to put my watch on her, uh, yeah. on her collar and just let her, let it go. We got a pretty big backyard and just let it go. I guarantee you, Troy, those dogs, they're cyborgs. It's the most amazing animal to watch because they are, they have the athleticism and the fast twitch muscle fibers of a house cat, Yeah, but they got a stupid strong engine as well. It's nuts. She can go on a three, four mile run and like just be not get tired, but then jump freaking. I've got an eight foot fence and she'll run and smash her body into it and spring her legs up and can get her head at the top of the eight foot freaking fence. <laughs> They're like, it's like you, they broke the mold after creating the Jack Russell because there's no animal like it out there. Cool dog. Speaking of your backyard, do your neighbors know what you do for a living? Do they know who you are? I think all my neighbors think I'm that shit crazy, dude. I'm back there shooting videos, wild and crazy, getting loud. And I, I can, they're probably peering through the fence. And I got a neighbor on each side. They're probably peering through the fence. Luckily, I've got a green belt in the back. So it's only okay. two neighbors. But I can promise the other neighbors in the cul-de-sac can probably hear me also. And I just, I get loud. It's like, hell, maybe I'm influencing them. Let's go. But Let's go. Most of them know that I'm in the fitness world because I'm always running out in the driveway and yeah. carrying stuff. And people, I do driveway workouts where the high school football players and athletes that I coach are coming in and jumping in 20 minute workouts. And there's always something going on in fitness around. Yeah. Around. 
One of my buddies uh, through the site, I, we've never met in person, but his name is Kevin Galati. He's uh, like his Instagram. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So your, your workouts are very similar. He's always in his garage and, you know, running up, you know, doing sprints up and down the street and doing all sorts of different stuff. And it's just, it's cool to see the, um, like the epitome of like, you don't need a, you don't need a world-class facility. You just need some, you know, some sandbag. Have you ever seen Pat McNamara, you know, the CTS, uh, training stuff? He's a, he's a special forces guy. I know the, the name definitely rings yeah. a bell, but I haven't paid super close attention to what he does. No, yeah, he's, he's in that world. Um, uh, you know, Tim Kennedy, he lives down in Austin. Yeah. yeah Austin. Special force guy. Yeah. So he's, he's one of those types. And, um, I've been following some of his workouts kind of through the deck of thing led me to this stuff. And it's just like, whatever you got, it's, you know, it's a kettlebell. It's a, it's a sandbag. He's got one workout where he's pushing a golf cart up a hill. I mean, it's just like whatever you can find to, to keep yourself fit, man, just go grab it and do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about, um, really and truly it's the best way to, to catch the bug is to sign up for, for something because then people are more inclined to, to, to dive in the time leading up to the race, which, cause you got to get that butterfly feeling. You have to get that feeling of accomplishment that, yeah. that, that euphoric drug feeling that fitness will give you when you're having a disastrous, stressful day, yeah. the world is stacking up on you and you're like, I don't have time. You know, I'm the king of 20 minute workouts because I don't have a lot of time. But when I do find a 20 minute slot, it's funny on my Facebook, I'll always post, Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be at the, I'm going to be at the Hill in 30 minutes. Yeah. Let's go. People are always like, well, you didn't give me enough time. <laughs> well, you just didn't have the time right then, but I'm, that it's one way of keeping me me accountable. Once I post it on Facebook or tell somebody I'm gonna go do this, Strava's gonna. I love Strava because it keeps me honest. I can't say that I'm gonna go do this and bail yeah. because I'm gonna have some clients. They're like, Yancy, I don't see. You. I didn't see your hill workout popping up on Strava, and and I love the fact that every now and then somebody will show up and do it with me and a training partner because I love that and it makes the workout so much better. So yeah, man, I don't. I get really weird if I go a couple days without without training. And there's no better feeling when you look back at the end of your day and you're like, you know what? I never did. Oh, wait, I did do four 15-minute workouts. And it's just because you had a little, you had this much time. Yep. And you might I might go out and do five minutes of Spartan Ram weighted burpees. I'm crushed after that, but it was five minutes. Yeah. I, I had that five minutes. Of course I had that five minutes. I don't care how crazy my day gets. Yeah, I think it was episode five. Chris Sachs was talking that he gets real ogreish if he doesn't work out pretty much every day. I'm the same way. I just, my family is just like, yep, go uh, go for a run, go work out. You're you're getting in a mood here. You mentioned. So I'm excited for you to earn your your first Deca mark, my friend. I need to. Yeah, I need to officially get it. What's you, your what is your hometown? What's your home city? Uh, I am. I'm right. I'm right in between Boulder and Denver. You know we've got yeah races around Fitfocker has been putting on Deca Strong and Deca Miles. They've already done two so far. Yeah. You're you're a stone's throw from them. So I'm I'm you can't see it. I'm in a arm brace right now. There you go. Oh damn. Yeah. So I, I uh detached my bicep last week. So I'm gonna uh, be I know I'm gonna be on the fence for uh deca wise, I'm on the fence um for uh probably six months, they said. But I I did my first workout last week or last night, rather, uh, like a week after the surgery. So I got out of the surgical dressing yesterday, 
And uh, so I got to, I'm two weeks away from trail running. So I got to do a lot of gym what you, workout. What were you doing, man? What, what caused it? What happened? <sighs> Judo. Yeah. Trying to stay young, trying yeah. to get down on the ground and, you know, roll around and stay, uh, stay young. It was worth it. I, you know, my wife was, uh, you know, she was, oh, I feel so bad. You know, she was kind of, you know, she was so bummed. And I, you know, I told her, I was like, look, I, I can't think of a better way to get injured, to be honest. I'm happy to, I'm happy to have, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not happy about the rehab and to sort of be out of, out of commission, but it's not that I was, um, you know, so out of shape or uncoordinated that I couldn't get down my stairs and I fell. It was that I was, you know, pushing my fitness to the, you know, to the limits that I could find and I got injured, you know, it happens and I'll, uh, I'll come back stronger. So this is the, this is the coach of me. It happens to all, to all, all the athletes I get a chance to work with no matter the level. Now you have to go into, we have to take advantage of the injury mode mm. and we, from your, your, your running or anything you can do, you're going to lean in heavily on that yeah. to help you keep your sanity. And, um, and you'll, you'll be a better version of yourself and other parts of your fitness as you let that arm heal. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, you know, I was kind of going in a few different directions and my son is now, uh, officially faster than me, which is, um, which is awesome. I, I, the first time he, he beat me in a race. It was just, I was so proud, but, um, he wants to do a trail half marathon at some point in the spring. So, you know, again, I'll, I'll I gotta avoid falling for a little while, but I'm pretty good at, at mountain goading, um, up and down. So I'm not too worried about that. And so, yeah, I'm just going to really concentrate on uh, trail running between now and then do some light lifting, you know, again, rehab it back and stuff. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Luckily I've always been a kind of a cross trainer with triathlons and cyclocross and trail running and, you know, judo or whatever it is. So I don't mind. Um, that's the other thing that I would point people to is that when, you know, if all you're doing is running or all you're doing is biking and, you know, you hurt a knee or something, you kind of have nowhere to go. So I've always been mm -hmm. a big believer in keeping, keeping the body kind of wholly fit, so to speak. Good stuff, man. Yeah, good stuff. You'll, you'll get through this, buddy. All right, I'll I'll, I'll ping you and and I, when I need my uh, my morning dose. You need sure. any motivation, buddy? You <laughs> let me know. Well, we're to that point in the uh, in the show right now where we we do a little ten question dash. So I'm going to ask you ten questions, a little fun fun thing, get to know the man here a little bit. And so uh, let's let's do this thing here. So we get our. our the good thing about these is I always tell people. Truth serum honesty. Just let it flow, man. I, I I promise you that, my friend. All right. You're gonna, you're gonna get authentic honesty. All right. Well, cool. Even, good, good. I may have got myself in trouble there, but let's go. All right. No, these aren't too bad. We're not gonna ask you like where the bodies are buried or anything. So all right, well, here we go. So uh, you know, e easy rules here, no uh no lying. You already told us that you were gonna answer honestly. So uh let's jump in. So next race, two wheels, two feet. Next race will be two feet. Two feet. Okay. Trail, road, gym, mountain. Um, I'm gonna say the the I'm I'm gonna say baton death march because I know I'm going back there because it got canceled this year. So we're gonna say baton. So that's a that's some trail, road, and mountain. Damn. <laughs> nice. Okay. Love it. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. What's your what's your jam? Oh man. Spring. Spring. Okay. I'll give, I'll go with that one. Uh, worst running or riding experience. 
What's your worst racing experience? I, I know uh, I know what this one might be, actually. I know well, you know, I, I DNF'd at Leadville, but it's definitely not my worst experience. Okay. I, I, I love that I had that DNF in my life. Um... Oh man, I, I can't I can't put that as my worst one. I'm gonna say uh, World's Toughest Mudder 2014, but gosh damn, that's one of the greatest races of my life. It was the most miserable in a good <laughs> Okay, we'll go with it. All right, I like it. I like it. it can be miserable and 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 terrible and awesome all at the same time. Okay. Um uh let's see. What is your favorite race? So you said baton. Is that is that your favorite race if you had to go back to one every year? Oh, my fa- I've only done it once. My favorite race by far is the Spartan Death Race. Hands down. I love Baton for the reason they do it. Commemorate and memorialize the, uh, the actual soldiers that, mm-hmm. that marched the Baton uh, a Death March in the Philippines. So it's just, and there's four survivors left and I got to meet them in 2019. I was sick to my stomach that I didn't get to go back this year. Uh, they may not even, I don't there may not be any left now, but uh, anyway. Okay. That event. All right. Uh, home stretch song or band on your playlist? What gets you across the finish line in a tough workout? Oh, the Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. So you gotta go with uh, Jericho Mile. If you've never watched Jericho Mile, good movie. They don't, it's just the uh, uh, the in, it's just the instrumentational piece of uh, Sympathy for the Devil. But my gosh, man, I remember watching that when I was a little bit tight. It probably helped lead me to being uh, the runner. It's a great movie for all you runners. I think you've never seen Jericho Mile. Excellent, excellent, excellent movie. Yeah, and excellent song. I'm, uh, I'm a little uh, man. I don't know. One one of my favorite covers of all times is Jane's Addiction's version of that same song. So I, I could go either way. I, I love them both. Um, okay. Uh, most embarrassing band or artist on your playlist? Oh, Taylor Swift for sure, dude. I freaking love jamming at Taylor Swift. <laughs> I swear to God, oh, you're the. Asked about it. You're the fourth or fifth. Everybody's uh, most embarrassing music on their playlist is T Swift. All right. Love, cool. She's, a, I, she's one of my favorite concerts. Boom. Like, my kids didn't even have to be there for me to say I enjoyed that. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite training partner, human or animal? You like training with your Jack Russell? Oh man, probably my buddy. My, uh, I got a couple. My buddy Steve Grant, local guy here. He's in his fifties. He's just a good dude, man. Cool. Always lifting me up, making me feel good about myself. Very good. <laughs> well, you got to get in a training session with Rogan now that he lives down there. Oh, I lo- would love that. <clears throat> All right. So, that. Uh, living or dead, who would you most like to share a long run with? I got to go with the very first person that came to mind. That's Steve Prefontaine. Boom. Probably pre-con, but man, that would be, that, I, I, even if I had 10 minutes to think about it, I don't think I would ever change it. He just, uh, he changed the game. He's still revered. High school kids yeah. know him as much as you and I know him still to this day. Yeah, don't so, waste the gift. That's it. Love it. Love the answer. Less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Boom. Pre-race ritual or superstition? Um, pre-race ritual, beat elite, 45 minutes prior, and a face slaps. I, fa- I slap myself <laughs> really hard. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I like slap the shit out of myself across the face. People have caught me on, 
I've been caught on video and people looking like, what the hell's he doing? And I, I picked that up back in uh, football, high school football, man. I was a wild, crazy man on the football field. I, my coach always said, Yancey, you were this close to a 15-yard penalty, but you never got one. I was just like reckless abandonment. So I love that face slap a couple times just to, to say, okay, it's go time. I can't picture you as a wild and crazy football player at all. So strange. So you're so chill. Uh, final question. If I'd have been 225 pounds, it would have been it'd been bad. There'd have been some. There'd have been some. There's been some uh, hospital visits. <clears throat> final question, Yancey. What is yep. the secret? What is the secret? Well, I think we I think we kind of talked about it, but I'm gonna I'll, I'll bring it back up. The secret is make sure you are leading your life each day in a way that it's very purposeful for you and the ones around you and you need to structure your life if you're on a roller coaster ride where man i had a really great day today and you look back it's like but i i had to do things that just there's no way i can maintain that the 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 the, the, the magic is setting life up to where you do create a level of consistency and you can continue repeating that gracious level of service to others, gracious level of service to yourself. As I mentioned, being, being um, passionate about serving yourself with, with health and wellness so you can serve others after that. And, and I would say, I'm going to summarize it like this. There's three platforms in life, platform A, B, and C. I'm going to give you the quick elevator pitch. A is, man, you are a freaking rock star, optimistic, positive person. You bring, bring big energy to the room. You're on A. B is mediocrity. C is you're just a pain in the ass. You yourself and everybody went around you. Mm. Magic. I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but what are you doing today to stay on platform A? And when you put your head on the pillow at night, you grade yourself and say, did I keep my butt on A today? I could spend an hour describing those three platforms but you get a quick glimpse of what I was talking about. Stay on A, my friends, and life is good. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yancey, this has been fantastic, man. I appreciate it. Um, this is an early podcast for me. I normally have a rule, nothing before 11. Uh, but I'm really I'm really glad that I got to wake up with you this morning. That's uh, That's been fantastic. Any parting words, anything you want to push, the, uh, the yanceycamp.com uh, stuff? Uh, what do you got going on? Uh, you can check out everything that I do for the most part, yanceycamp.com, my online training, my Yancey's Daily Dose of Awesome. If you're into obstacle course race training, of course, there, Yancey's Daily Dose of Awesome. It's for every single one of you listeners out there, or especially those friends, family members that you're trying to get motivated. This will give them a no excuse way. I shoot them a text message every single day, six days a week, except for Sunday. It includes that video, that workout. And during that video, I'm talking to you about some mental conditioning for the day. DECA.fit to check out all things DECA, being the program manager there. Um, shout out to my my amazing sponsor, Human. They, um, they're the makers of Beat Elite and all. It's, it's, it's a team that I've been on for eight years and they are just, uh, they make amazing products and they do the supplement world right in a world where 90% of people, it's a bunch of quackery. They do it right. Um, they, they truly are looking to serve the, the human race in a, in a beautiful way with their products. So I've been on that team for for eight years. They are they are family to me. So I'd love for the listeners to uh, to check that out. Shout out to um, shout out to my boss Joe DeSena, man. I, I love working for the guy. I always say 
and I should have said this in my, 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 the answer that I just gave you, when you walk into a room, there's one thing you can control. You may not be the smartest or the strongest or the fastest or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can always work harder than any, you can be the hardest worker in the room. And that's going to, that's going to give you something Amen. you can bring. Big, nobody can control your energy and how hard you work. You can bring that positive energy. But I, I always laugh and tell Joe, I said, Joe, you're the only person that I think I would have a hard time. I would really have to step up even my game to outwork you. Thousand people walk into the room. I know you would separate and I would do my best to stay with you. And that would be a challenge. That's one of the reasons Spartan is so damn successful. Um, so yeah, that. shout out to those folks. Um, it's a good day to be alive, my friend. It's a good, good day to, uh, to be alive. I always finish with Live, love, laugh, and serve big with big, big focus on the serve and do every freaking thing you can do to light up the planet, my friend. Boom. We're going to leave it on that. And that is the show. Hope you enjoyed it. More people racing more often, having more fun in the process is our mission. Thanks again to Yancey Culp. Thank you for my morning dose of awesome. I really appreciate it. And if you didn't get enough of it, go get some of your own. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We want to hear from you. So leave comments on our socials. We are at Athlinks across the board or shoot us an email to podcast at athlinks.com. Definitely send us some suggestions. Share it with friends far and wide. Give us a review if you dig it. And until next time, happy racing, everybody.